Let us pray. Father, send your spirit that we may know the waters that spring forth for eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. The season of wilderness journeying is on us. We are wandering through a dry and desert time. Perhaps on this wilderness way, you find yourself left wondering, in what do we even have hope? Life in this season is so often characterized by desperation, doubt, and maybe even for some despair. This wilderness journey never really is for the faint of heart anyway. Yet as a community of faith, we find ourselves in the throes of this season of wilderness journeying yet again. We're familiar with this journey because it's a journey of the season of Lent. And the circular nature of the liturgical year and time brings us on this journey year after year. We walk the well-worn roads that eventually lead us to the cross. We wonder along the way that the one who was and is the waymaker walked. And we do so relying on the resources that have carried us through this journey time and again. So we walk this way, recognizing the wilderness journey of Lent and the cross that we come to at the end do not have the final word for us. So ultimately, we always walk this wilderness journey in hope. Yet the journey in the wilderness that is familiar to us during the season of Lent has become strange this time around because we're walking with the whole world in a wilderness way that's unlike one we've walked before. What began as a virus wreaking havoc on one community in China is now a global pandemic pressing people to places of panic. The wilderness of the coronavirus is marked by doubt, desperation, and despair, and for some, even death. Our health and community leaders and many others besides have been working diligently and tirelessly to be good guides on this wilderness way. So community gatherings have been canceled. Church services and other faith service, community services are meeting virtually. Our life together as we are used to it has been put on hold. So with this wilderness journey heavy on our hearts and minds, we listen to the story of Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well anew. As we reflect on this story, let us pay particular attention to the gift of life that Jesus gives to any who find themselves isolated, alone, fearful, and wondering if God even still cares. The scriptures tell us that Jesus has to go through Samaria. Of course, he could have gone another way, right? Yet it's as if something, or maybe better, someone, is directing him 
to the whole world that God so loved. Jesus then decides to travel back from Judea to Galilee through the Samaritan city of Sakaar. The hungry, thirsty, and worn out Jesus stops on his way at a well. Jesus is physically weary, but he's poised like he is throughout the whole Gospel of John for a divinely inspired encounter. And sure enough, a Samaritan woman, a woman who throughout the whole story is given no name, comes in the heat of the day to get her water at the well by which Jesus sits. This socially isolated, socially ostracized woman comes when no one else comes to get what is essential for her life. Anyone with another option, anyone with other means, anyone who could do otherwise arrives at the well before the heat of the day begins to press in before the waters have been all cleared from the shelves by people who have social and financial luxury to stock up. Breaking all social and religious customs, Jesus initiates a conversation and opens the door of relationship to this woman. The dialogue between Jesus and this socially marginalized woman makes the way for what one commentator calls the mutual revelation of truth that is fundamental to what relationship truly is. Jesus creates space for community and relationship that is new to this socially and religiously marginalized woman. The conversation moves pretty quickly from the purely physical to something that includes but yet transcends the physical. Jesus asks for water. And then he offers living water, the kind that allows those who drink of it to never have that kind of thirst again. Jesus says, the water that I will give will become in you a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. This water is the water of relationship and connection with the living God. And this water would be good for anyone. It is good for everyone, but it's especially good when getting water alone in the heat of the day is a reminder of the wilderness you regularly inhabit and of the social isolation from your community that is your daily reality. We all know, of course, that there's a kind of social distancing and social isolating that is truly about loving and caring your neighbor. We're all practicing that today. Yet there's also a kind of social distancing and isolating that knows nothing about care for our neighbors or for the vulnerable or isolated or lonely or needy. We recognize there's a kind of isolating that's related to people being told that they are not pure enough, whole enough, worthy enough, beautiful enough, lovable enough, good enough in any kind of way to join the rest of the community. We may realize that this kind of disconnection and social isolation from community is physical, as well as relational and emotional and spiritual. 
And when we realize this, we do well to welcome those who are socially isolated into the kind of community and connection that Jesus offers to this particular woman today. The woman at the well becomes a guide for us too. She becomes a guide for how we might respond once we have recognized the kind of community into which Jesus invites us all. After the woman engaged Jesus with deep questions about faith and traditions and the realities of life, Jesus reveals his truest identity to her. Jesus says, I am. Jesus proclaims that he is God in the flesh the Holy One standing right in front of her, offering her life in relationship and community. And learning this, the woman leaves to invite others to come and see for themselves, to experience what she has experienced, to be in relationship with the Messiah she's just encountered. The woman invites all people to experience for themselves the life that she's been offered. The woman experienced life and relationship offered by Jesus and wanted to share it. She could have hoarded her experience. She could have stocked it up in a way that deprived the other vulnerable people of her community from sharing the gift Jesus offered. But she had been on the wrong side of social isolation for no loving reason. She had been on the wrong side of being pushed to the margins, so she wasn't going to follow that path. And perhaps it was out of her experience of being on the outside that she knew just how good it was to invite all people to be within community that Jesus offers. The invitation into Jesus' community is physical and relational. It's emotional and spiritual. In a wilderness time like ours, when the physical aspects of the community Jesus invites us to are appropriately limited, not merely out of fear for ourselves, but out of concern for our neighbors, we would do well to find creative and new ways to remember others who are included in the community offered by Jesus especially those others who are too often overlooked, ignored, or marginalized. To put a finer point on it, as those called to connection and community in and through Jesus, the mandate for us is to reach out to and connect with any who are isolated, marginalized, lonely, fearful, or regularly forgotten, to offer spiritual connection, emotional support, and as needed and appropriate physical care. Our outreach and our inreach will likely need to be more creative and more courageous than it has been in recent memory. Yet be encouraged and hold on to hope because even as we practice social distancing and isolation, our faith reminds us that we are never alone. You see, the I am Jesus showed up at the well with the socially isolated woman, and Jesus shows up with you and for you, even as we show up for one another in all the ways we possibly can. So I encourage you 
to continue to practice your faith. Live the reality of Christ's presence with us by walking in ways, perhaps creatively, that are the ways of trust in God. Turn regularly to things like prayer and scripture reading and gathering virtually and through technology in Jesus' name. And also continue to turn to practices like giving of your time and your talent and treasure to care for those who are likely forgotten or in need. Turn to practices of caring for your neighbor, of sharing with those without food or shelter, of connecting with the lonely or anxious or afraid, of reconciling with those who have harmed you or with those you've harmed. Even in a season of wilderness journeying, walk in the ways of faith rather than fear and live in the reality of hope made real by the one who offered living water to a Samaritan woman at a well that day. And as you continue on this way, the God who showed up offering living water at the well will show up for you and for me today and every day. Amen.